0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared.
0: this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts on this thursday edition of the show very excited to get into our segments today which include headlines we're going to work through some more schedules and give game by game predictions and finally we have baby big board coming up later in the show kyle welcome to the show
1: Thanks, Joe. Uh, Baby Big Board is my favorite concept of the week, so I'm super stoked to get back into that because we missed last Thursday's show and made it up on Saturday. Not this week. We're making sure we get Baby Big Boards in, damn it, and we're going to do it here today on The Dudes.
0: Kyle, let's get into the headlines. Uh, The first one I want to lead off with here is uh, Charles Johnson has announced his retirement from the NFL an eleven year wow. career for the Carolina Panthers. And uh just was I mean, he had a good career, sixty-seven and a half sacks. He was a first round pick back in twenty uh two thousand seven. His stretch from twenty ten to 2014, twenty fourteen, eleven and a half sacks, nine sacks, twelve and a half sacks, eleven sacks, eight and a half sacks, really was a pillar on some really good Carolina Panthers defenses. He's among the uh, the better, I think he's one of the better defensive linemen that the Panthers have, Panthers have ever had. Kind of the guy that maybe could be one of those Ring of Honor type guys, but uh, really good, really good career for Mister Charles Johnson. He's only thirty one, so it wasn't a necessarily like a super long career, but a good one nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I uh, somehow missed that yesterday. It was kind of out and about for some of the day, and um, Charles Johnson. Yeah, I mean he that you said it was a four year stretch, five year stretch. Yeah. Right average. around 2010. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting together an average of 10 sacks a year for five years, uh, that team's probably going to recognize you when it's all said and done. That's, I mean, that's no small feat. Yeah. And he played his entire career with Carolina.
0: He did. I thought he dabbled with some team maybe recently, but it didn't stick. But uh, yeah, 2007 through 2017 with Carolina Panthers, 67 and a half sacks for his career. So
1: Hat tip to you, sir. That yeah, is a, a very nice crew. was a part of some uh, very good Carolina teams as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, piece of news number two here, Kyle. George Loka. He signed with the Vikings. So of this, this ridiculously good defense gets even better. Unfortunately, he can't play offensive guard for them where they really need help. Oh, dear. But, uh, man, he's a veteran know-how guy. We talked about him early in the week when he was released from the Bengals. And so Mike Zimmer, former defensive coordinator for the Bengals, gets one of his guys over here in Minnesota, has a chance to pair with Harrison Smith and become one of the best duos in the NFL. I know Sendejo and Harris are a couple guys that that they like, but, um, you know, look, I think immediately Georgia Loca probably becomes a starter, and uh, the depth of the Vikings secondary is that much more insane.
1: Yeah, uh, this is how good teams stay good, right? Get good players. They They get good players. They get guys on bargain cuts and... And don't spend a lot of money to get a veteran in on a short term deal. And yeah, I mean the the depth that he will provide is going to be very valuable. And obviously Zimmer being familiar with the Loca is, is a big piece of this and why this came together for them. But uh, can't hate the move at all, as you said, Joe. I mean they they have some other positions where you know you would love to see them get things addressed, but that's not going to happen right now unless they go out and they trade for somebody. And you know they're they're so focused on trying to figure out. Who do we have on the roster right now? What do we have with these players that uh, it's not a priority right now, but an opportunity to get a very seasoned veteran, a guy that used to play at a very high level in a loca uh, makes a lot of sense for a team like, like the Minnesota Vikings.
0: You know who could help them add into your offensive line, but just couldn't help them. Richie Incognito. You've been reading yeah, up on this what guy. A hot
1: mess. I mean, you want to talk about breaking news, right? Jeez,
0: right? Like, this just- guy
1: just got arrested again. Yeah, some pretty sick stuff, man. You get—I'm
0: just nervous about him. Like, I don't think he's stable, and it's disappointing no, because yeah. his stretch, his three-year stretch with the Bills, and he was like the company man, like worked his ass off. I mean, just big part of the locker room. And then whatever happened with his retirement and his extension—that shouldn't have been—or whatever happened, this dude's just in another world right now. So I hope that he uh, finds some mental stability and doesn't hurt somebody or himself. But uh, man, um, you thought his career was resurrected and it's not at all. I don't think he, obviously he's retired, so he's not going to play anymore, but you can squash any thought that he can come back and help a team.
1: Yeah. Forget about that. It's um, the least of his worries are the gridiron right now. <laughs> it's get, get your mind right. And uh, you know, this, this is a little frustrating to, to keep reading on because you know, this has been an ongoing thing with Richie mm-hmm. and um as you said i I hope he takes advantage of some of the resources that are available to him, whether that's through the league or through family and loved ones or whatever that needs to be so that he can kind of recalibrate and uh, assess where he's at and and find some peace and stability.
0: schedule time Kyle
1: we schedule been time been it is scheduled this. time Go ahead. would you like would you like me to lead off we're only doing pro teams today we each got one pro team yes.
0: Um, uh the, yes, this is what is this our first podcast together t- talking over each other, uh, who wants to go first?
1: I will offer you because you let off yesterday's festivities, so I'm gonna give you yours first. no, 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 I'm gonna give you yours first. You gave me mine first uh, on the Wednesday show.
0: All right, I'm ready,
1: okay, well, we are gonna stay local for you. We're gonna talk about the Carolina keep pounding panthers, okay. okay Okay. this doesn't sound very well very enthusiastic
0: yeah i think uh i have some some panthers friends obviously who listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know if they're gonna like where this is gonna head i don't know i haven't gone through game by game until this moment so we'll find out here in the next minute or two
1: joe you need to serve them some stone cold truth
0: yeah that's all i can do i won't lie there will be no lies on this
1: they're going to open on September 9th against the Dallas Cowboys at home. Now I
0: did Dallas yesterday, right? And I predicted Carolina to win that.
1: You did. So
0: I need I need
1: to stay true Not there. sure why you did that, but you no, did that.
0: Carolina's good at home. The strength of the well, the weakness on the Panthers is their offensive line and Dallas doesn't necessarily have a defensive line to exploit it. So, you know, give me give me what I think is a good Panthers defense, Cam Newton. I it's going to be fine. They're going to win that game.
1: Okay. Carolina 1-0. At Atlanta Falcons. Loss. One and one. Home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Win. Win. So two and one entering the week four bye. That sucks. (laughs) Okay. A September bye week is like so not ideal. But here we are. So we're going to come in week five after the bye week. They're two and one, and they're home against the New York Giants. Win. Win. So they're three and one. At the Washington Redskins win four and one at the Philadelphia Eagles loss four and two home against the Baltimore Ravens win five and two home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win six and two okay halfway there six and two Carolina must be feeling pretty good <laughs> but now they go on the road and they play Pittsburgh
0: that's a loss
1: six and three now they go on the road and they play Detroit
0: that's a, that just feels like a game that panthers are gonna lose
1: that's a six loss. and six and four yeah home against Seattle ooh
0: uh it's in Carolina. Give me the win there for the panthers,
1: seven and four now they're on the road against the Bucs.
0: Uh, this is the type of stupid game that panthers would lose uh, uh I'm gonna go with a win for the panthers
1: seven and uh 4. No, we're 8 and 8 and 4. 8 and 4. Okay. in game the Seahawks game. Now they're on the road against the Browns. when 9 and 4. Joe. Who haven't the Panthers played yet this season?
0: Uh who have Oh, the Saints are going to lose 2 or 3 to the Saints right here.
1: So, they're on the road primetime game or I'm sorry, they're home primetime game against the Saints. It's a loss. Now they're home against the Falcons. It's a loss. And now they're on the road week 17 against the Saints.
0: It's a loss three in a row. Really. That is a Ugh.
1: brutal stretch.
0: So what is that? Does that even them out? Where do they go? Nine and seven. Oh, man. And I had, them, had them, them at nine, nine and four, four, nine and seven. They got to find a way to win one of those last three, at least. And avoid that meltdown against Detroit that I predicted.
1: Yeah, dude, they have a brutal stretch of five weeks where they are road, road, home against the Seahawks, road, road late November into early December, four of five on the road, and their home game against is against Seattle.
0: Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, okay, well, that probably doesn't get you in the playoffs in the NFC. Probably I kinda, not. I think, look, I believe that, though. I think Panthers are on the outside looking in. They have two glaring issues with the offensive line and the secondary, and that division isn't the division that you want to be weak in the secondary with the Saints, Bucks, and Falcons passing offenses. They don't match up well with any of those teams. And so uh, I'm very concerned about those glaring issues. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to give you the Denver Broncos. Shout out to Justin Crockett. He said that this is his favorite segment, and he was hoping that we would do the Broncos too. So uh, for Justin, we're going to get the Broncos in. And and you thought they were a potential uh, surprise playoff team in our conversation, I believe, last week. So let's see if there really is a course to the postseason for the Denver Broncos. Are you ready, sir? I am ready, yes. Okay, things get started at home hosting the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Ooh, at home? I'll take a win there.
0: Okay, a win for 1-0. They host the Raiders in Week 2.
1: That's also a win. I had the Raiders yesterday and gave the Broncos this win.
0: Okay, 2-0 at Baltimore. What's up, Carter? How are we doing?
1: Uh for I just I think that defense overwhelms Baltimore. I think that'll be a tough play game, low scoring game, and I think Denver wins that game.
0: Because they have more offense or because their defense is better than Baltimore's?
1: Because their offense is better than Baltimore's offense. And they both play physical defense.
0: It's three and oh. Okay. They go back home and host the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football.
1: You know, the Chiefs are gonna be so boom or bust. Um, give me that game too. Four, Four and oh,
0: and oh, all right. They got a short week, they head to the New York Jets at week five. Five and oh, five and oh, they return back home and host the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah,
1: no, that ain't gonna happen. Uh, five and one, we're five <laughs> and one here.
0: Five and one, all right. So now we can, the first L is on the board, but we're pacing very well. Uh, Thursday night. They travel to the Arizona Cardinals. This team has two Thursday night games. Uh, no, they have they had a Monday night game, but this is their
1: oh, short. Thursday you game. said short week. I short just short week coming aside. off
0: this of Monday night to a road game in New York. Yep.
1: Okay, so um, <clears throat> Cardinals I'll in, take in Arizona. I'll take a win in that game. So that's six and one. Yep. Okay, they go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, i I think Chiefs are boom or bust. I think they go one and one in that series. So I'll. I'll give the Chiefs the home game. Okay, 6 and
0: 2 so far through 8 games. Yep. Uh this is their last game before the bye. They have the Houston Texans. They host the Texans. So mm. this is in Denver.
1: Give me Houston.
0: 7 and 3. No, no. Is that right? No. 6 and 3.
1: 6 and 3. Yes.
0: 6 and 3 heading into the bye week. All right, coming out of the bye week at the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a loss. Six and four. Uh, Next, they host the Pittsburgh
1: Steelers. Jeez. Um, Tough stretch here. It's probably a loss. Is that six and five? Six and five, yeah.
0: All right. We started five and one. Now we're six and five. Here we go. At the Cincinnati Bengals. Win. Seven and five. At the San Francisco 49ers. Win. Eight and five. So the Denver Broncos reach eight wins. All right. They host the Cleveland Browns. Win. Nine and five. They travel to the Oakland Raiders on Monday Night Football.
1: I think I gave this one to the Raiders. Okay. From yesterday's show. So I'll give them a loss. So they're nine and six. Nine and
0: and six. Nine and six. A chance for a 10-win season. Closing the season at home hosting the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Yeah, I don't think they match up well against the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. So nine and seven. Nine and seven.
0: Nine and seven got you into the playoffs last year in the AFC.
1: Yeah. But I think that's where they're at, right? Is like fringe.
0: Yeah, I think and I think you gave them a couple of wins that I think can go either way and a couple of losses that can go either way. Um it's just whether or not realistically, if 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 Case Keenum can be the case keenum that we saw last year. And he's, that wasn't his first year in the NFL. Like he's not been that good every year. So I'm not rooting against them. I think that's a relative unknown. The offensive line has some issues. I love their weapons, their, their pass yeah. catchers, but not yeah. backfield. Eh. Defense obviously is st- the strength of the team. So there you have it. Nine and seven, Denver
1: Broncos Nine and seven. And they do play the Bengals head to head this year. So that's, that'll be a fun week in December.
0: What is the storyline that I'm missing there?
1: Uh, you and I have the bet about who oh, has a better yeah. record this year between the Bengals and the Broncos. <laughs>
0: That's true. We're going to stop everything we're doing and at uh, yep.
1: Yep. 1 yep. o'clock glued, on December 2nd. Glued to the TV that week.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks for the reminder there. So yeah. we have three open bets, right?
1: Three. We have three head-to-head open bets, yes. All
0: right. We'll see if there can be a fourth one here before the season.
1: Oh, I'm sure we'll find some stupid excuse. Yep.
0: All right.
1: Joe, it's baby big board time. B3. So B3, baby big boards. We are talking best places you've ever watched a football game. Now, I didn't specify, Joe, college or pro. I have all college teams on my slate. I've seen some pro games. But um, I have gone completely the college route. And we have been working this in the past, five to one, alternating. So I'm going to give you the first chance, give you the floor, and ask you on your baby big board, mini big board, very tiny, only five. In that fifth slot, what is the fifth best place you have ever watched a football game?
0: So let me ask you this, though. Is our focus here for the experience of watching the football game? Is it the press box? Like, what's the appeal here?
1: I mean, you can bracket it however you would like to. Okay,
0: all right. Well, I'm going to bracket this Joe Marino style. For number five, this is a surprise, and it maybe speaks to Some of the places you've been that I haven't. But I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils home stadium. And let me tell you why. I'm going the press route on this. Their press box is fantastic. You get a very modern office chair with, I mean, lightning fast internet. The food spread is tremendous. The facilities are just in first class condition. Now, it's not the biggest, most robust stadium. But in terms of the visuals and how it's put together, Uh, It is, it is first class and probably, you know, the cost of tuition there at Duke certainly helps maintain this facility. But um, like I said, it's not going to blow you away with its size and stature, but from a a first class um, facility and and media experience, I got to give it to the Duke Blue Devils.
1: My number five spot is going to go to Morgantown, West Virginia, Milan Puskar Stadium. Uh, I've been there each of the last four years. The first year I went there, Uh, West Virginia, led by a Kevin White and Clint Trickett football team, uh, upset the number three or four ranked Baylor Bears. They scored like 50 points in that game. I'm driving down the street on the way out, and they're burning couches on the side of the street. And um, you talk about food spreads, Joe. West Virginia brings out some choice buffet-style food spreads. Not like some of these other places that like, your credential has like a little tear-off piece yeah. on it, and you, you got to hand trouble. it in at the end. That's you know me. you're in trouble. Yeah. That's nonsense. We're professionals here. We could be here all night. If we're writing a story, we got a good lead. You can't walk away from the story. Don't pull that off the table. Don't give us one serving. And, and West Virginia does not do that, and they have excellent food. Uh, there's not a bad seat in the house, so I want to give them a shout-out for that as well. So West Virginia is number five on my baby big board for best places I've attended to watch a football game. All
0: right. For me, number four, new era field home of the Buffalo Bills. Um, It's not like, this is not an amazing stadium. All right. This is a stadium that probably needs to be upgraded. Well, not upgraded, replaced. They need a new stadium for the Buffalo Bills. But when I think about my earliest memories of attending football games and being there in late December, my brother and I, uh, we, we, when we moved to Charlotte, we loved to go back uh, to Buffalo to watch games. And uh, we were both in college, so we couldn't get there until December, right, during uh, you know winter break. And uh, so every winter for many, many years, we would haul up to Buffalo for whatever home game we could grab in December. And so some of those memories in the snow, watching games, uh, seeing the Bills play against the Cleveland Browns one time, held them to like under 20 yards of total offense. It was an overtime thriller against the Chargers. Uh, Travis Henry caught a touchdown uh, to win the game for the Bills. And so think about some of those late December games, some of those freezing cold games that I'd never go to uh, now that I'm in my 30s. But the memories there uh, were, were tremendous. And so for that reason, New Era Field's number four on my list.
1: Number four for me is Lane Stadium, Clemson, Virginia Tech, 2017. These were both top 15 ranked teams. I'm down on the field an hour before the game, and I'm looking around, and it's just like, holy shit, this place is rocking. It was college game day was in town. The stands were packed an hour before the game, and these guys were going nuts. And Virginia Tech comes out to enter Sandman, and the whole place is shaking, and they had just renovated the part of the box that I'm sitting in, so it's a beautiful facility. Ah, uh, great overall experience. Virginia Tech did not win the football game, and thank God they didn't, because I probably would not have made it out of Blacksburg alive if they had. You know, they just would have burned the whole place to the ground. Joe, yeah.
0: Kyle, for me at number three, I have Bank of America Stadium here in Charlotte, home of the Carolina Panthers. It's a good place to watch football game. I mean, when you talk about no bad views, it's that's what you get with BOA. You can sit in the top row of the upper deck and you're gonna have a good sight line to the field. It's it's the the stands are very close to the the playing surface and how it's kind of uh you know market engineered i guess the word i'm looking for um not, not necessarily the fan experience isn't great it's kind of a wine and cheese crowd but a good place to watch a football game and um
1: wine and cheese crowd what is that
0: yeah you know you know this like uh, so the thing they're about playing, you think they're snooty? yeah it's it's you know a lot of people on business you know, people handing out tickets to clients it's you, you, Charlotte's still a relatively young football town, right? It's, the Panthers have been around for like 25 years. So you don't have this, like, this long-standing history where your grandfather and your dad and you or you know, we, it just was part of your life growing up, right? That Those generations of fans don't exist here. So, like, the fan experience is pretty poor, especially because uh, Charlotte's a city of transplants. We all came from somewhere else. And so usually the Panthers are a second favorite team or an afterthought. You know, you just, you're a fan of the Steelers or Bills or Browns or Lions or – bears wherever you came from. So the 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 enthusiasm has been is getting getting better every year, but you know, it's not that rabid fan base where, you know, football is knitted into the fabric of the community like you see in towns like you know Philadelphia when I was there last week with you. I mean I commented on it man I was like, this is great to be in a football town where everybody cares about the Eagles. And it was a topic of conversation everywhere we went and just that that Eagles logo was everywhere. You don't get that here. But anyways, there's there's a long answer to an easy question.
1: Number three for me, Neyland Stadium. I was only there once. Uh, Tennessee-Kentucky rivalry weekend 2013. This was like Tyler Bray, Derrick Rogers, uh, Tiny Richardson, Cordarella Patterson, Rayon Neal was on this team. A um, lot of good, fun football players. And they put on an offensive show. Patterson had several really explosive plays, but just SEC country, something different. Right. And Neyland, you know, tucked away there in Knoxville is just a beautiful stadium. It's got a very vintage feel to it. You're looking around the ring of honor. You're reading some of the names up at the cross it and and Peyton Manning, and Reggie white. It's like, Holy cow, man. Like this is the real freaking deal. And, uh, they, they just do it different down there in the South. And uh, for that reason, you know, even though it was very early in my scouting career, uh, it definitely made a large impression on me uh, being there in that environment.
0: Kyle, number two for me, uh, Lane Stadium, Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, a lot of the reasons you said there, I was there on senior day this past year for the Pitt game. Um, not as high profile as Clemson, but you could see the passion there in that town and just the Hokies are everywhere. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to park a little bit far, farther away uh, from that stadium. And so walking in and seeing the tailgates and just seeing the passion that those people had. And then you, you it's just a beautiful structure when you're, when you're walking up and you kind of get in and you just, you just feel something different when you're inside there. And it's, it's a unique in terms of how the stands are put together and a very passionate fan base and, and, uh, you know, something place I want to make sure I get to every year.
1: Yeah. Definitely a great place. Glad glad we had the overlap there because we haven't been to a lot of overlapping places.
0: No, that's true. Uh,
1: number two for me is Lucas Oil Stadium for the 2017 Big Ten Championship game. Uh, this is the game where they had the goal line stand Wisconsin and you know they they had the turf come up and we had to pause the <laughs> game for about 20 minutes while this guy's down there with a rake raking the turf and a uh, shout out to that guy for being the MVP that night and Surprisingly closely contested football game and being down on Lucas Oil Stadium's field before the game and just kind of looking around, and it's really just like an incredible, incredible stadium. Really kind of takes your breath away when you really stop and look up around at it and appreciate where you're at. And uh, To get a good football game with so much on the line a spot in the college football playoff between those two teams, Wisconsin coming in undefeated and then Ohio State, Ultimately, neither one of them getting in, but there was that skin in the game. It very much had that level of implications on it, was just a cherry on top, and you got to see so many great football players in the process. So that, that for me, was my favorite game that I was at last year.
0: I thought that was going to be your number one, so I'm very anxious to hear your number one here after I give my number one, which... Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Got a chance How to could get it there. it not be? Oh man, I got there three times last year. I was like, this is must be a dream. Um, and so, certainly looking forward to returning this year for a game or two. But I mean, that thing's the Taj Mahal of football, man. It's unbelievable that that uh, halo, uh, whatever you call it, scoreboard that whatever video board that kind of goes around the the stadium is something that you just don't see anywhere else. It's really cool. It adds to the experience the view that's had this op- opaque view out to uh, downtown Atlanta is one of the uh, on one of the end zones there and then I mean it's just it's just state-of-the-art it's an elite place to a watch a game. so I did two games there as a pr- credentialed press so I got the, that experience and obviously the press box is incredible but then I also got to you know sit in the stands for the Bills and Falcons game and uh, had a just as great of an experience there so uh, it is the uh, the Taj Mahal again of watching a football game in my opinion and it's going to be hard to find something that uh, that beats that
1: So for me, top spot on B3 baby big board for best places I've seen a football game the football game had a lot to do with it but I was pleasantly surprised at the facilities at Kennick Stadium in Iowa City really okay I was at this game Michigan, Iowa 2016. It's November, late and mid-November. Michigan comes into this game. They're a top three rated team in the country. Michigan physically dominates them the entire game. But Iowa hangs tough. There's a late change of possession with a minute left in the game. It's a two-point game. Iowa gets a big play, kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires to watch every Iowa fan in attendance storm the field having upset a top three rated Michigan team at home. Uh, that place is crazy, Joe. Those fans are rabid, and the, the facilities there were very, very nice. The press box was in great shape. The field itself is beautiful. You're down there before the game. I'm, I'm watching Jabril Peppers field punts and warm-ups, and you get appreciation for for the size and physicality of the players on the field down there. And uh, just the blend of the rabid fans, kind of like what you got at Lane Stadium, and really good facilities, and the national title implications that were in play there, and the ending of the game, the quality of the game, the quality of players—all those things combined—my greatest football scouting experience and place, my greatest place I have watched a football game, Kinnick Stadium, November 2016.
0: I was uh, I was thinking you were going to like go with Hard Hard rock, uh, Hard Rock Stadium or something. I was really curious for number one for you but
1: um, yeah no i can't go the homer route well, that I, bad i, I, I mean like, hard rock the the renovations they did at hard rock were beautiful but like the press box there was not on the priority list for getting up <laughs> i'll put it that way i've seen that too um, and um yeah you get some rough ones right yeah oh yeah well we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the draft dudes We'd like to thank you for carving some time out of your Thursday. Tomorrow, you can catch us over on Locked On NFL Draft, so make sure you swing over, hit subscribe. John and Trevor, great friends of ours and teammates at the Draft Network. Uh, We're going to be doing our Friday Super Show. That means you'll be hearing from Joe and I at a mystery time, yet to be determined. So keep your head on a swivel. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're ready when we come down the chute. You never know when you're going to get us. I'm Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. Signing off with Joe Marino, at the Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.